Hello, hello, hello. Thank you again for tuning in. This is your girl, Miss Mouthy, and I'm so glad that you came back for episode number two. And I'm so excited because I actually today have a special guest, so y'all don't have to just be bored with listening to me. <laughs> so I'll let my special guest introduce herself. Hello, my name is Satrice. So Satrice, give us a little background about um, who you are and what you do in the community. Okay, so um, how far do you want me to go back? As much as you will. Okay. okay. So, um, I am a African-American trans woman. Um, I live in Detroit. I work for uh, the city of Detroit. I work in mm -hmm. HIV. Um, and what I do is just linkage to care. I link people who were diagnosed with HIV back into medical care. Um, and I'm also in school. I'm not going to mention mm -hmm. school. <laughs> okay. For my <laughs> master's degree in public health. Good. Thank you. So, um... Today's episode is about growing up black and trans, and I wanted to correlate it between it being Black History Month and also our own lived experiences. So one thing that really, why Satrice just instantly popped into my mind in this episode is because a while back, I was able to see the interaction between her and her mom. And when I say it's like so phenomenal, and I think it's like really empowering for me to like see that, like to see her and her mom still have a dynamic while she's authentically living her true self. So, um, I told y'all when I start Miss Mouthy, I definitely want to start with um, a quote. So, the quote of the day is, I understand blackness from the inside out. What my goal is, is to allow the world to see the humanity that I know personally to be the truth. Khalid Wow. And so, he is a New York-based um, artists who made these phenomenal works of reshaping European painting juicy in um, museums and put black bodies and brown bodies on them. So, and the first question, Satrice, is who are some black trans people who you look up to? Okay. Um, so, as far as the entertainment industry, there are none in particular, um, but there are some local trends that I look up to and, um, a few that I've met during my years in my field of work. Um, one, her name is Kilale Kadina. I love that name. <laughs> um, and she is based in Hawaii. Okay. Um, then our local trans women, yourself, Janice Poindexter, mm -hmm. uh, Jaleesa Abad, um, and a list of other trans women. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. so can I ask you... Why no people in the entertainment industry? Um, well, one, I am, I've really have not seen much work from trans women in, in entertainment industry. Okay. And I know that we have a plethora of things, right. polls, et cetera, <laughs> but I do not watch those shows only because I am not in, actively in the ballroom scene. Mm. So I don't understand it. Um, and it's not really something that I'm like really gravitating to. So fair, to be fair. Um, so. This next question is about um, going back as far as early as your childhood. So, um, what was the earliest childhood memory you had of connecting with your um, identity? Um, so, the earliest I can go back is five years old. Okay. Um, Same here. Yeah, <laughs> I remember feeling like this is not like the body I'm supposed to be in, sort of speak. Like, I don't even know if it was like the body. It was just really like... Something isn't right. Right, right, right. Um, so five years old is the earliest. Okay. So, um, with that being said, was there ways that you were able to express that as a five year old? Um, 
No. No? It wasn't. Okay. Um, mind you, this is like 1995. Okay. So, and five years old, you really don't know for, mm-hmm. for real, like, what's going on. Like, you just know, like. So, internally, it was just like, you was just. Yeah. Okay. I was the girl in my head. Period. It's, <laughs> I felt the same way at five. <laughs> um, I think my earliest childhood memory was that at five, um, excuse the car, y'all. <laughs> I'm gonna edit that out. <laughs> but, um. At five, my mom had, well, no, when I started kindergarten, I remember this boy coming into the class and me just wanting him to sit next to me so <laughs> bad. That that honored my, like, sexual attraction. But I can't even say sexual, my attraction, because I wouldn't have sex at five. But um, the little girl in my class, she was put together so well. Her knockers was cute. Her dress was cute. And I was like... Yeah, I'm gonna want that whole look she got on right now. Um, and that, yeah, that helped me. I had a similar experience though, but it wasn't five. I was maybe eight or okay. something like that. But I remember in the third grade or something, so maybe seven. Um, there was a boy, and I was like, wow, like just infatuated <laughs> by this boy. And I don't know if I, I don't even get their names. Yeah, and it's funny because I remember their names. I remember my first crush yeah. name too. Yeah. Uh, but it was a girl who, like you said, just so well put together. Mm-hmm. Her hair was pretty, and yeah, and I couldn't stand that girl. <laughs> That's real. That's real. So I wanted to be the girlfriend, but I think because I was so awkward or like shy, she wasn't fucking with it. She's like, Mm-mm, you're not my friend. <laughs> um. So yeah. What was the first time someone made you feel different? Um, made me feel different. Yeah, so like, for me, I remember when I used to go to elementary school, all the kids would ask me on an everyday basis. Like, kids will be repetitive mm-hmm. and just be like, so why you walk like that? Like, why you talk like that? <laughs> and then that was the moment where I was like, okay, am I not walking like everybody yeah. else? Do I not talk like everybody else? Like, and I remember trying to, like, fix my walk and the way I talk. I wouldn't say nothing. Like, I was just probably the yeah. quietest first grader ever. So, for me, it was my tw- my twin cousins, um... Who are a couple years younger than me. Okay. Um, but I remember, like, they worked at the nail shop. So, one, like, they would, she would do my nails, and that would just be, like, lit for me. <laughs> I remember I had this ugly wig on that I got from my granny. <laughs> but I used to put this wig on and put a hood on and go over to their house, and I would let them see. And they would just, like, affirm yeah. me. Okay, so do you remember the first nail set you got? Like, do you I remember? Do. Oh, you do. do? See how those moments are so impactful? Because um, if y'all see her nails, like, she always keep her nails done together. So what What was the first the set? The first set was horrible. Like, <laughs> because my cousins, they were just, like, polishing nails. They didn't do acrylic, but they right. had acrylic and stuff. So I remember going over there. My arms was hurting because... Keeping your hand. Yeah, just the unleveled. And uh, it was just crooked. My nails were just horrible. But when I tell you I rocked the shit out of the nails. Right. You couldn't tell me that thing. That's real. That is so real. Thank you for sharing that. When, if there ever was a time when someone recognized your feminine energy um, before you transitioned, what was that like? Um... Embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. <laughs> um, so my aunt, 
Um, she and she passed away recently. Oh, so, sorry. Um, and maybe later on in the podcast, I'll share more about her. Okay. But she, I had this little journal, and I would write down everything about Satrice in there, like mm-hmm. my every thoughts. I even had a boyfriend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. So she found this journal. And she read it aloud in front of everybody. And my sister was really just like, you know, it's okay. Like, mm-hmm. we still don't love you. But it was embarrassing because it was like I wasn't ready for you all yeah. to know that side of me. And for you to just... Okay, so let me ask you. Do you feel like you was robbed of that moment? Like, I do. Okay. I, I feel like I was robbed of that moment. I feel like I was... Um, in a sense, I feel like I have... My trance coming out, mm-hmm. and I really desperately want to have like a coming out party. Like, yeah, not like oh I'm gay because I'm not gay. Yeah, but this but this is, is what me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm her. Yeah, you know, celebrate me. Like yeah, and that's funny that you say that because my niece did the similar thing. I had a no limit soldier notebook back in the day. <laughs> I would write down. <laughs> I would never see. You see how vividly you remember. <laughs> things like no limits is so gone but um I had this notebook and I used to write down everything my crushes um and then I was cussing in the book so my aunt decided to call up my mom and have me read everything verbatim back to my mom and it was just like I don't know I don't necessarily want to say I hated her but I didn't see the purpose in it like it was like what is this for yeah um yeah, so moving right along. Um, how would you define transitioning? Like, if you was able to either define it in one word, or do you feel like transitioning is a continuous thing? Like, how do you define yeah. it? Transitioning definitely is a continuous thing, because when you first transition, it's, it's never like, this is it. You mm-hmm. want to grow. It's like growth. Mm-hmm. You want to grow more and more and more, and... Sometimes you have to figure out, you know, if what what do you want versus what society think you should have. Yeah. Because you can get blindsided and feel like, oh, well, society say you're supposed to have big titties. Yeah. There's a nice body. That's and real. In reality, there's no woman on this earth who was just like the perfect woman. Like, yeah. And if there is, I do apologize. <laughs> um, but, but we going to also yeah. equate her insides too. Like, yeah, like... She probably evil. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But I feel like transitioning is just, it's not just a one step thing. It's not a one year thing. It's not, it's a process, you yeah. know. Um, it's more to it than just taking hormones mm-hmm. and testosterone, you know, estrogen, testosterone blockers. Um, it's really like growing in your mind as well because there are some, I'll leave that statement. <laughs> but <laughs> there are, there, it, it's moments where I realize that transitioning also is a mind thing. Um, Okay, so with that being said, what do you think, because I also feel like transitioning is a continuous mm-hmm. thing. Like, mm-hmm. every day I want to strive to be not only just a better woman, but mother, mm-hmm. and like, what do I want out of Absolutely. my womanhood? But um, what is one lesson that you look back on early in your transition that you would mm-hmm. probably be like, I'll do different? I wish I would have had the courage to speak up mm-hmm. when I was a uh, starting my transition because I feel that I was so scared to really even address the fact that I wanted to transition. Yeah, yes. Um, and had I not done that, I probably would have known so much more and could have mm. thrived so much better 
younger. Yeah. Um, and it's I'm not gonna say it's unfortunate that I you know became older and was just like oh this is what I have to do. Yeah. Because you know it's a lesson learned, but also for like some lessons I could have learned a little earlier. Yeah. <laughs> True. Trust me. Um, I think about when you said that I thought about. In the process of, like, losing my virginity mm-hmm. and, like, talking about really? my attractionality, I was like, I had nobody to turn to to yeah. talk to that about. Yeah. So, it's like, and when I found my tribe, even my tribe wasn't my tribe. So, you go from a not knowing that you are attracted to men and then people thinking that you're gay. Okay. And then you get, find the gay community and then they're like, uh-uh, you too feminine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like... Oh, okay. And then you see other trans women. And then for me, I raised the question like, is that what I want to be? Because like, yeah. I don't know if I could achieve that. Like, yeah. I don't know how they went about it or any of that. And something else I find is really ludicrous to me is that in the LGBTQ community, especially the trans community, um, a lot of girls belittle another girl mm-hmm. because she is not where you were at that age yes. in your transition. Um, and I noticed that uh, we often get sidetracked by like, oh, she looked pretty and mm-hmm. she looked good and you know, and something I was thinking about this morning, I'm not gonna lie, it's funny that you brought that up, right. was, you know, your transition looked different from mine. Right. Your life is different from mine. Your body is different from mine. Like, yeah. We are not the same girl. Um, what works for you does not work for me. Period. And if it does, then cool. <laughs> not all the time it's yeah. that way. So. I definitely yeah, because I think everybody want to, like, one lesson that I would, like, think about with my transition is that, like, it's okay to have some regrets. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like once we identify that we want to transition, you then throw away all the rights to have regrets. Like, no, yeah. there are things that I can say that I don't want for my transition, yeah. and that's perfectly fine. Yes. That don't mean that there's... Something about this transition I don't want. Yeah. But it's certain. I I didn't choose to want big ass titties. Like, okay. I'm not going to lie to you. But I did know I wanted to look more feminine. And mm-hmm. so sometimes the way we go about it don't always give us the results yeah. in and of it. And we can't talk about it. I've, yeah. This is like the first time in another space that I was able to talk about having some regrets around how I went about things. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, um... So, how did you experience sexuality and identity differently growing up? I didn't know the difference. Okay, that's real. Um, me either. Yeah. <laughs> me either. Um, because I felt like my identity was what my my family told me it was to be. Yeah. Um, and then I felt like my sexuality was. I'm gay. I like boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But as I got older, I realized, you know, that's not it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. When the first time did you ever see a trans woman? I was 24. Okay. No, I wasn't. I was, I'm sorry. I wasn't. I was 19. Okay. Um, and it was in Saginaw. In Saginaw. Okay. Um, I only asked that because I was like, the first time I interacted with a trans woman, she called me out on my shit. <laughs> like, she called me out too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she was so pretty. <laughs> she is to this day. But when I met her, I was just like, I, when I left, somebody told me that, that she was a trans woman. And I was just like, 
Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out! <laughs> like, are you serious? That's like, yeah. Alana. She um, when I first hung out with her, she was like, "Oh, you a girl? You gonna be a girl?" And I was like, "No, I'm not." Like, I was so offended. Uh-huh. Like, I was so offended. Like, I was like, "I don't like her." <laughs> like, <laughs> like she, how dare she call me a girl? Like, um, but I knew that she saw me. Like, yeah. she was one of the people who could see me. That like, mm-hmm. And then now I thank her because it's like. If that moment didn't happen, I wouldn't have had the courage to be myself. Um, Go back to the last question that you asked me. About the sexuality? Yeah. Okay, so um, how did you experience sexuality and identity different growing up? Okay. Okay, I'm going to stick with my answer. I didn't know the difference. Yeah, okay. Because me, I experienced sexuality before I even conceptualized identity. Um, and which is horrible, right? So I don't know if it's just a black thing, but... I felt overly sexualized very early, whether it was boys can recognize my femininity and want to play high go giddy or um, everybody putting a label on you as gay. And then when you find out what gay is, it's the act of like two males having sex. And yeah. I was just like, so I got to have sex in order just to be like put on a dress? Like, yeah. yeah, so I couldn't wrap my mind around it. And then I didn't have no, we didn't have the internet at that time. So oh, it yeah. wasn't access to information in that regard but yeah I nothing about that stuff. <laughs> um at any point did you ever feel like you had to transition twice girl yes <laughs> see <laughs> <laughs> yes i feel like i want to transition again okay um and when when you say transition twice so i don't look at it as i'm transitioned and then i want to be so I'm a girl, and I'm going to be a boy, and I'm right. going to be a girl again. No. What I mean by that is, um, you know how, like, we have this concept of, or this conception of, like, the, so every, so at 18, that's like a mark where you just, like. Get the fuck out of the house. Yeah. And then 30, you've, you are now grown. Okay. Yeah. Like, you've grown, grown. And it should all be put together. Yes. And then 50 is, like, you halfway there. Right. So. So, it's like that with me and my transness. I feel like every, I'm not going to say like every year, but like 18 and I'm about to turn 30 this year. So, 30, I feel like. Congratulations. Thank you. I made it. <laughs> I make it yet. But I'm <laughs> right. But I feel like um, I have to, I feel like, like I said, transitioning to me is growth. Mm-hmm. And we, we transition more like. At 18, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And then at 24, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take these hormones because now I want to be feminine. I want titties. I want mm-hmm. all of this. And now I'm 29, 30, and I'm like, I don't want to be that kind of woman. Like, yeah. I just want to be just a real laid-back, chill, almost stealth, but not stealth type of trans woman. And so, I think that's funny that you say that only because part of us in the initial part of going into it, you think you have to look a certain type of yeah. way in order to get through society or be mm-hmm. deemed a woman. Mm-hmm. And then when you realize that like womanhood is so much more than mm-hmm. that, you're like, oh, I ain't got to try so hard yeah. on my looks. And it's really sad too because like, I feel like we, we like you said, we didn't have like, oh, I didn't have a trans woman to, to kind of like mm-hmm. guide me through this, this process. So yeah. I always thought, well, the prettier I am, the easier it'll be. And that is so not true. Like, okay. you can be a pretty girl and still get around. And still get fucked. Like, yeah, like, they still gonna fuck with you. Like, you can be a pretty girl and 
still get bashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can still get your teeth can still get clocked. <laughs> okay, period. <laughs> um, and and so I feel like we transition twice because, like I said, you go through this thing of like learning your sexuality, yeah. and then like I with my mom, I kind of felt like. I confused her in a way because it was like, oh, yeah, mom, I'm gay. And then she was okay with that. Yeah. And then it was like, mom, I know I told you I'm gay, but scratch that. Um, yeah. I want to be a girl. Yeah. And it was just like, wait a minute. like, <laughs> You know what to Yeah. Do you, do you even know what you, yeah. who are you? And it's like, no, I'm really set on this. Like, yeah. um, I don't even, you know what's funny, though? When I told my, my mom, I, I don't think I ever told anybody I was gay. <laughs> like prior to my transition, I've never right. whole just was like, oh, I'm you know I'm gay. Like, bitch, you would not get that out of me. See, and I felt like I had to because everybody around me was already seeing it yeah. at such a young age, and I was like, okay. And then when I found what gay was, it was just a sense of having a more freedom yeah. around like. Oh, I can be myself around them. Like I can be feminine, uh-huh. and nobody is like, don't do that. Yeah. Um. And I remember when I told my son that I was going to transition, girl, he just started crying. And I was like, what's wrong? And he was like, I don't want you to die. And that just like really sat with me for so long because I was like, his ideal of trans women has to do with death. And I'm not going to lie, when he said it, that's when I was like, oh yeah. But then I know that moment, it was like, I'm willing to sacrifice Mm -hmm. Because this right here ain't living. Me not yeah. being myself, I can't do this it's no more. It's funny you brought that up, too, because I remember when Shelly died. Mm-hmm. Um, I never met her, ever. But it scared me so much. And I was kind of in that phase where I was getting ready to start hormones. Mm. And I was resistant. I remember my doctor yeah. writing my prescription, telling me, go ahead and get them. I remember the pharmacist saying, you can come get it. There's no copay. Right. And I was so resistant because I was just petrified. Like, being trans means I'm going to die. Yes, then yes. that's when it sparked this whole uh, our life expectancy thing. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. But then for whatever reason, you would know all that. Yeah. And you still be like, shit, I'm about to do this. <laughs> because that's who you are. Yeah, that's who you yeah. meant to be. Um. So... What do you have to say about people who think that trans women have male privilege? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, period. Like, oftentimes I tell people, like, we don't have male privilege. None. Like, Yeah, like, through my whole life, I've always been, whether it was, like, little boys who could recognize my feminine energy uh-huh. and be like, I'm going to push you on the swing. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, it's just like, I feel yeah. like I lived the life of a young girl, uh-huh. even though... Life saw a young boy. And then I feel like that question can kind of be played with a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because I also want to know what is people's perception of privilege. Period. Um, because like trans women, we do not have male privilege. And this is my opinion. Some people may feel otherwise. Um, but I feel like when it comes to employment, um, I almost want to say intersectionalities of life. Like I'm still black. I'm still deemed a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still considered gay. I'm still considered a man. So it's like just all up in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like. But when it comes to like employment, they look at black women first. Mm-hmm. My name is legally Satrice. So my gender marker says F. Right. 
So the black woman, they're going to offer me less than mm. what they will offer this man who mm-hmm. probably is nowhere near as qualified as I am for this position. But because they feel he has this masculinity thing going on yeah. and he might look good, let's <laughs> get him a couple thousand more and we'll yeah. get her, you know. Um, and then when it comes to like being out in public, I also want to know what do you mean by privilege? Because that's real. And like, so <laughs> for me, like I recognize that, like I like to say everybody got a form of privilege, but for me, I, my privilege is like, I use it as a survival tactic. I know mm-hmm. that if I look a certain type of way, mm-hmm. it gets me by. Like people are rarely mean to pretty girl. Mm-hmm. And you think so? Yeah, like, okay, I'll give you an example. I was on the bus one day. This cisgender woman was crying on the bus, like, whatever. I started crying on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was newly because of my hormones. I don't know. But I was crying on the bus. And we both, like, crying. Or maybe it was crying for, because she was crying. I don't know. But the guy came over to me and was like, oh, baby girl, what's going on? And uh, da, 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 da. And I'm just like, wait, but, like, you didn't even acknowledge her. This cis woman, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, this is what y'all tell me is that she get first dib. Yeah. So, Ooh. yeah, so I was confused by that. Or whenever I'm. And I also feel like, too, like, I would feel like that was more like he fetishized me. Like, this trans woman, I don't know, I just feel like most niggas know. That's true. That's my opinion. No, no, and I do. I like, like niggas know. Like, they know, like. So getting into that conversation, um, what is your rule for when do you tell somebody about your transness? Okay. So social media immediately, like it's on okay. my description. When you hit me up, hey beautiful, I'm like, yo, <laughs> you know Did you read? <laughs> yeah, you know what it is, right? I'm like, yeah, I know, or I don't know, thanks. You know. Um, and it's very seldom that I hear like a guy like disrespect the fact. Like if I tell him up front, they just oh thank you for letting me know. Yeah. I'm interested. And that's fine. Okay. And I get the niggas like, oh cool. Yeah. Now, if I need to do the person. I yes, we will talk. I will get your number. When I get home, I'm gonna let you know. Like, I'm the same way, because you might be in public yeah. and it can go Actually that happened to me before. Like actually no, I'm sorry. It wasn't I told him after we met. Like okay. after we you know, we talked on the phone or whatever. Or I met him at a gas station. Okay. I got home and I told him and he was just like, you out here tricking niggas and yeah, that's they try to kill you. And it was just like, now had I told this man face to face. He would have tried to. Yeah, yeah. And I had to break a nail. <laughs> You're not going to just fight. Like, You're not about to just touch yeah. it. So. So. Do you feel accepted in the black community? Um, no, I don't. And okay. I was thinking about that too. Um, because I, you know, you see the memes on Facebook about you know the black community is accepting of everything except for mm-hmm. gay people, yeah, trans, gay and trans people. Um, and I was thinking that like this man could be molesting a kid, and everybody know, but we're gonna keep this a secret mm-hmm. because we don't want our family's reputation to be tarnished. Yeah, but here comes Joe ass. Look, gay ass. Living in his truth. Yeah, <laughs> and all he's doing is, like I said, living in his truth. He's, we're going to shun him because mm-hmm. he's living in his truth. And to me, it kind of like, that's just like the family portion. I mean, it's just the community as a whole. I just feel like trans women are dying left mm. to right, left and right. And it's like, we don't see 
them defending us, saying, you know, yeah. this trans woman died. They gotta or, stop. Or this, and I really hate when they be like, oh, the trans woman found dead. Like, girl, woman found dead on yeah. the side of Detroit. Like, why, why do you have to do all of that? Like, mm-hmm. um, but I just feel like, and then I see like on social media, they say, oh, well, that person deserved it. Or they become yeah. the, the Facebook detectives, but they probably didn't tell them. And it's like... Yeah, nobody deserves it. Nine times out of ten, like they knew, and like you just. And then we're not, we're not obligated to disclose anything. Mm -hmm. Like I tell people all the time, like you are so invasive. Like you are not entitled to that much of my life. Yeah, like you're a stranger. And it's weird too because like earlier this year or this year earlier, (laughs) I kept saying like all twenty twenty, I ain't telling niggas, and I realized that people were mis interpreting what I was saying. Mm-hmm. They thought I was saying, I'm not telling niggas that I'm trans. And that's not what I was saying. What I meant by that was, if a dude hit me up on Facebook or whatever social media site I'm on, and he don't know, I'm not telling him. Mm-hmm. And it's on my page. You can go on my page and read it, but I'm not going to tell you, yeah. oh, you know I'm trans because it's on my page. Yeah. The only way I want to tell a dude some shit like that is if he's like, just so invested. Uh, yeah, yeah, just like, I, I just gotta have you. And I was like, yeah, you know, I got what you got. Nah. <laughs> I'm not gonna say she. <laughs> so. Let me see your she me. Okay, she me. Um, what or who helped you become who you are today? Okay, so my aunt, the one who read my, my uh, diary out loud. Yeah. She was the very first person that affirmed me to everybody in Satrice. Um, she would say, that's my motherfucking niece. Mm-hmm. Can we cuss on Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. She would say, that's my motherfucking niece. And <laughs> somebody would come up to me and address me by my dead name. And no, her name is Satrice. Period. You know, or that's Trees. Um, There was no disrespect to my transness around my auntie. Like, mm-hmm. she was not for that. Um... And I think people started to really see how she was just so welcoming and warm into it. And my family is definitely not a family that is just, like, full of hatred towards, like, you know, if you want to transition, be my guest. Mm-hmm. My father's side of the family, maybe, but my mom's right. side is just, like, cool, whatever. Wishing they and I, okay. you know? And yeah. It's like, and I kind of hate that, too, but it's okay. <laughs> it's like, okay. yeah, Trace. Are your family supportive? If so, what's one thing you would like them to improve on? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so my father's side, like I said, is not as supportive. Um, and it could be partially my fault, too, because I've not been around them enough as a trans woman. Like, mm-hmm. they don't know me as Satrice. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like it's no excuse because... You see who I am. Like, Can I chime in on that? Because yeah. my my um dad often like he say that too. Like, oh, um, you just ran off and then you come back this whole completely different person and you expect me to get used to it. But dad, you ran off all my life before <laughs> okay. I even decided to transition. And if you would have checked in some checkpoints mm-hmm. to know what was going on with me, you would have known this was inevitable and mm-hmm. I was going to become who I was going to become yeah. anyway. So it's like, you ain't losing no child. Like, I'm still okay. here. Um, I, I need my dad to understand that. So, like, because he's still, like, resisting. Like, he, we'll talk, but it's just really quick conversation. Yeah. And, and Five minutes. Yeah. Is, and we probably won't talk for another three months. And yes, yeah. yes. If I call. 
Exactly. Like, I don't want to have to do that. Yeah. Um, and I, like I said, I, I mean, I feel like that too. Like, my dad, I, I'm the one reaching out. And if we're going to be quite honest, you should reach out to me. Because I'm the child. I'm your child. Period. And I'm not here to play the blame game, but I also feel like you miss a lot mm-hmm. of my life. A lot of important components of my life. So... Why wouldn't you want to make up for that and try to get to know who I am now? I'm not trying to stay with you. I don't need your money. I don't mm-hmm. none of that. Like, get to know who I am. My mother's side of my family are 100% supportive. I love them to death. Um, the only thing I want them to improve on, <laughs> my mother, one is, she has this thing where it's like, when she's mad at me. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, dead, dead name. Yeah. But when she just wants something or she happy, hey, Trees, what you doing? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, or when she drunk and she, in her little moment, she really, I love this woman. <laughs> yeah, but it's she real. She my soul. I just be like, get out my car. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just really um, understanding that I'm not 100% comfortable with who I am just yet. Mm-hmm. Um. And that's the whole transitioning thing, that growth thing, yeah. because I still have a Work lot to improve on. Yeah. Um, but I love who I am. I'm just not really, not where I want to be just yet. Right. So understand that and understand that some situations can be uncomfortable to me. So, you know, if you want me to see your home, let me know who they're, because I need to know who's in this space. Mm-hmm. I believe in bad vibes, bad juju. Um, I believe that because they're your friends, they'll be okay with it. But if they leave or if you gone, they might mm-hmm. try to attack me or whatever, you know. Um, and then don't be telling people I'm oh yeah, this is my sister. And then on the sideline, but this is really my brother. <laughs> yeah, stop doing that. That's not okay. Um, in my family, I think well, who who helped me become who I am? I have an aunt as well. Um, every time I used to go over her house, she would just. Let me play in her perfume, and I could just be myself and everything. And she was the bougie aunt. Like, she had name brands. I used to be like, yeah, man, I'm gone. Okay. Um, But even to this day now, she's still, like, my second mom. Like, I can call on her, and I can tell her about my achievements. And that's the thing, too, I want my dad to understand. Like, Mm -hmm. who I, the person you would be so proud to know wouldn't even exist if y'all didn't allow, not even allow, but if I didn't become the person I needed to be. I wouldn't have had half of my achievements. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's imperative. Like, I don't talk to most of my family, but the ones that I do are carefully selected because yeah. I only want people who want to be genuine for me. Absolutely. Um, but with that being said, oh, go ahead. One more thing, <laughs> Yes. I also feel like it's important that the narrative starts to change and we need to start talking more about how to heal from lost love that's true um can you imagine your parents this is your mother your father and they brought you into this world this is the the two people who are supposed to love you no matter what and they tell you i don't love you because Mm. of who you are can you imagine what that feels like i can i can have empathy for what that could feel like um and that happens to so many exactly. people yeah. that um, we know as soon as they decide that's who they're going to become, mm-hmm. they're, they're thrown away. Yeah. Um, and we need to learn how to, A, set better 
family systems and support yeah. systems in place for when that do happen. Yeah. And as well as like being able to change how people perceptions of mm-hmm. um nothing about your child actually changes. Like they still need guidance and love and support. Okay. Um they just become a better being and you yeah. would think a parent would want the best for their child and know it, even if that looks like transness, even if that looks like loving the same okay. sex, even if that's using pronouns like they and them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. Because I'm a phenomenal trans woman. You are. And, and I'm, I'm my, so- my dad is seeing that. <laughs> for real, and, and hopefully over time, um, what I need black men to understand that over time, you have not made the best choices that may have been for your kids. Mm-hmm. And it was selfish, but I think everybody is entitled to some selfish choice, even if that looks like identity, mm-hmm. doing what's best for yourself, mental yeah. health. Um, but have that same regard to when you want people to forgive you for being a deadbeat dad yeah. or um, not showing up for holidays and birthdays, okay. um, that she had to take time for herself yeah. and become Satrice. Yeah, because I definitely feel like my daddy, get on his sick bed, I'm probably gonna be the first bitch they call. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's funny you say that because I told my dad like I'm not coming to your funeral, and he like why do you keep saying that? And I'm like because you're asking me to come into a space with people who don't know who I am because mm-hmm. I'm your love child. They don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. The ones who do, I'm no longer that person. So whatever male presence they're gonna be looking for, they're not gonna find. And you. Lastly, you haven't been the father that you are to my siblings, to me. Yeah. So what am I honoring? Because yes. then if I tell tell the truth, now nah, I'm wrong because this is your funeral and it's inappropriate. No. So I simply did not go. Oh, man. <laughs> but I thank you for coming thank and sharing you, your truth, of course. And thank y'all for tuning in. This is your girl, Miss Mouthy. And I look forward to talking to y'all again on Mouthy Mondays. Bye.